Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. Well, we'll see if we can do it in one episode. Hello, Chris. We could be character creation in an episode. Hi, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, that's true. How are you? Uh, I am good. Did you did do you any do gaming it? at the weekend? Ah, did I do? I, you I beat me so. to it. Yeah, I did. Uh, we we played our 5e game again. And we added a fourth player. A gentleman who I had met uh, running some games last calendar year before the football season started at the, the local game store that's in our neighborhood and uh kept up with him on and off and ran into him again and i was like hey that'd be cool you should join so he came and it was great it was it was a lot of fun it's always i you know it's it's always um adding a new player to something is always fraught with some degree of danger uh because you don't know how it's going to affect things but it was a lot of fun now you could convert him to the the light side of role-playing games oh he's already played um 2d20 he's played um oh there you go He's played Octum Cthulhu and, and Star Trek Adventures and likes them both. So, and now his journey to the light side is complete. That that's doesn't right. work so well when it's light. That's right. I like it. So we're following up. Actually, no. Wait. Did you do anything this last weekend aside from watching? Uh, I, I played some miniatures gaming with Brian because uh, I realized I couldn't do Friday, so mm. we couldn't we couldn't all meet. But supposedly today we might be doing some role playing. And thinking of that, cool. I'm going to ask them now. Very good. We're going to follow up last week's episode with talk about what are our initial ideas about what we would do with 2D20 for Star Wars. And the great thing is, I just had, there was just a question on our Discord just a little bit ago. Someone saying, hey, it'd be, it'd be basically be neat for you guys to talk about ways to use the SRD for different genres and games. Well, then. Yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. So, yeah, yeah, it is. So where do we want um, to start? With Star Wars and the SRD. I always like starting with character creation, partly because I think that's how my brain works. Like I always expect character creation to be another start. And I also think once you've got an idea of kind of like, essentially because we're because we're doing 2D20, maybe if I was doing a different system, I wouldn't do this. I'd probably start with the, the main rules mechanics. But I don't have to do the main draw mechanic right. because we're doing 2D20. So we know already the main draw mechanic it. is it's already decided. You know, so the only thing would be like, do we rename threat and do we use determination or Ooh. the other one? Uh or rename it. Yeah. So okay. do we, I like you know, that. Do we rename but that's that's the kind of like that we're not changing the rules. We would be changing the, the names really. So yeah. you know. So I like to I, I like to start with character creation because that kind of gives me I think that gives them an idea of what kind of what kind of 2D20 am I looking at yeah. on my okay. spectrum of 2D20. Okay. Uh for what do you, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, we I'm going to the... start with I'm going to start with something which is a bit different and then I'll let you come up with a, a more I think. My first thought is is actually if you're going to start with Star Wars, because bear in mind there's already been 3 4 if you count Star Wars D20 and Saga as two different versions which are, they are and they aren't. They're both 2D. They are both D20 kind of games. Um, if you want to save yourself some work, what you might want to do is start with, like, I'm going to work off one of the existing role-playing games. And if you're doing that, 
because 2d20 lets you use any kind of attribute set you want that is the first thing i would do is actually just steal an attribute set from somewhere else so if i was working from from saga or yeah d20 i would just take the six standard attributes mm-hmm. and i would probably have skills which default to i wouldn't have a bigger skill list because i'm guessing that is a skill list of like 20 skills but i'd have a skill list that works something like that and that'd be fine if I was doing edge, you mean wait, wait, wait for skills because the 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 default in the SRD is six skills. Yeah, I'd have more than six. You would do okay, so you would do more than that, maybe closer to something like Octon Cthulhu, which is like around twelve or thirteen. Yeah, I think I'd I'd sit there, I'd look at the. Well, let me go through the other ones, and then I'll okay. come back to this. Um, or you could base it off the the fancy flight version. And now again, you do have six characteristics, but they are very different. You have brawn, agility, intellect, cunning, willpower, and presence. So at first glimpse, you might go, well, that's not that bit different from other things. But actually, if you look at that, you have four kind of, well, essentially, if you if we compare to D&D, because mm. I know we don't like it, but that's the easiest default. It's always easy to compare yeah. to D&D. Um, brawn is including essentially constitution and strength, yeah. but then wisdom has been split into uh, cunning and willpower. Yep. Okay. And if you don't, that's fine. Um, so you could start with that and you've got a skill list ready made there, which again, it's too long, but, or we could go all the way back into the shady history. Uh, and we could look at the D six one when we have a bunch of weird ones, cause we have, uh, agility, knowledge, perception, strength, so far, so normal, but then we have mechanical and technical. So, and I was like that kind of the reason they did this is that sort of agility had some of the combat stuff in it but Remind then they realized me, mechanical and technical is one or two that's two different things okay so technical the thing is these are kind of sound like they're the wrong way around technical is all the repair stuff mm. and medicine and computers and mechanical is gunnery piloting censorship so basically mechanical is vehicles and technical is repair but I, you can see they're thinking they're like right well if we have if we put piloting and shooting and missile combat on agility, which is mm-hmm. where they would be in some other games, then it's the god stat. So everyone, yeah. t- so they they created they another stat it. and they took it out and had a different thing. Um, what you do notice you don't have there is there's no social stat. Um, right. What you do have some of the social stuff goes under knowledge and some of the other social stuff goes under perception. Um, for some reason, intimidation is under knowledge. It seems like it could have easily gone under strength, but it's the kind of thing that you, yeah. you know. We don't have to stick to that. No. Now, again, the skill list on that is massive. And in, in, in all of these skills default to a certain stat, which I know yep. you're not keen on. But if I'm working off this, that's probably what I'd do. I wouldn't, what I would do with any of these is I would start with the skill list that I've got. So either, you know, D6 or Fancy Fly or D20, and then I would pare it down. You know, do I do I need, um, you know, all of these different knowledge skills? I, I probably only want knowledge as a skill if i'm doing that because intellect's a separate thing um i'm just looking through you know i've got charm and coercion and deception and leadership i i could get away with only two do i need you know skull document it's that kind of thing going through what what do i need uh and so you know i i like having different so i'm quite happy with having sort of Actually, I don't think because this has like heavy and light ranged. Uh, do I need that? I, I wouldn't mind having a separate gunnery stat. That doesn't yeah, bother me. I think that makes shit sense. The, the, the difference between a like a a vehicle mounted weapon and a yeah. uh, a, a you know portable man portable is um, that's a dividing line. And then you have to think: do, do I want an unarmed skill or do I want brawl and melee? Because actually, the vast majority of people who use a weapon in yeah. Star Wars are using a weapon. 
So then having an unarmed skill seems slightly pointless. I could probably cover that with focuses instead. So that's the thing. I'd, I'd start with a big list and I would, I'd pair down until down. I've got, right, that's, that's what I have. You know, I think the, I, I, the other way is hard. That, that's easier than going the other way. I think your idea of, and I, I, I had forgotten about that with uh, the D6 version is that, yeah, technical and mechanical, it seems like technical could be properly named, but mechanical needs to have something else, has to have a different name, because really what it's getting at is the operation of machines and systems, yeah. not the repair of the machines and systems, which is related, but different. And I and that makes sense. I think that uh, that separating those so that agility doesn't become an imbalancing stat makes sense now again are you suggesting that you would probably be more inclined to to nest the skills under attributes because i don't mind that i don't think i, I think mean, i would world for sure partly because to solve the problem that we've just had um i think what you can do is you you would mostly put them under but you might go oh well in a situation where what's important is your knowledge of something then that will go to intellect yeah okay so you, so you have it, reasons that... where you can jump at you where you can break the connection but I, th I think for purposes of like, right, well, I deliberately, um, I don't want agility doing everything. So I'm going to make sure that different stats yeah. are on different things. Because, yeah, so you know, it's, a, it's what, a default, but if there's a good reason to move yeah. it out from on, yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. Or, you know, you can take a, uh, oh, they are called talents, aren't they? They call talents? What? Like the things that let you do special abilities. They're called in... talents because they're in every, well, in a bunch of these, that's why, because I, I know they're called talents in, because they're in, written in front of me in Edge of the Empire. Um, no, they're, they're talents in 2D20. Yeah, they are talents. Yeah. Um, so you could have a talent that says, all right, you you know, you would have to take a talent to say, I can have um, unarmed combat beyond, uh, beyond agility, because the standard might be that unarmed combat is on brawl. So you could have a talent okay. that lets you shift that, which is then fine, because then that's a cost that your character's paid so yes. that your character fights in a particular way um back I mean, to all... the back to the attributes uh what are what are you what are you thinking because i i like the idea and we're not gonna we're not gonna establish a skill list i think what we ought to do today is establish some parameters and then you and i beat on it and see what we can yeah. come up with as much as i like the old d6 stuff i have a bunch of edge of you know fantasy flight so i would rather use fantasy flight as my base okay. and work from there pure even though i'm not maybe i'm not i mean this is where straight away i go well i'm not sure you know do i like the attribute um what i'm thinking is is further down the line i want to be able to convert stormtroopers and stuff and i know i can easily convert things from fancy flight yes. to 2d20 as opposed to d6 to that yeah and the skills i think also the numbers convert better and i'll get to why i think the numbers convert better in a in a bit um so yeah that's again we don't have to stick with the characteristics but you know, brawn, agility, intellect, cunning, willpower, presence. It covers a lot of it. You know, do we need a separate stat for stamina and uh, do we need a separate stat, sorry, for stamina and strength? Not really. So brawn's fine. Um, do we want, you know, a, to split agility into like, you know, because some of the 2D20 ones have sort of agility and coordination. Right. I don't think um, No, I think if I've got separate skills, then having a larger skill pool does that for yeah. me so I, yeah you know i'm i'm perfectly happy okay am i the one that the sort of intellect cunning willpower and presence will end up being a bit too thin yeah yes i i am particularly presence like the minute you if i start dumping the social skills in together you'll end up with one social skill and right. one social stat right um so yeah i just be careful on how how much of the pairing down you need um 
but yeah, so we don't have to stick with those characters. But for the moment, I think I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make my life easier. I'm going to stick with the stats in there because I know that's what's the stats the NPCs will have. Right. And I'll, I'm only going to be paring down some of these skills. I'm going to keep a lot of them. Well, I'm going to keep a reasonable amount of them. But then there's weird ones like, why have I got, I never, the thing like cool and discipline. And there was another one that, and like resilience, some of the uh, vigilance, there's about four skills that you're always like, what, what's the differences yeah. between these? And so what you're cool. doing is so what you do. So we're going to stick with the default stats from the SRD mm -hmm. and then put together a skill list. That's like I said, is probably on par with what you see in Octoon Cthulhu. Possibly. Yeah which is about 12 or 13-ish. Yeah, okay. I think yeah, that I'd be hoping for that kind of number because yeah. certainly knowledge, I can easily, like this has got sort of six different knowledge skills. Well, I'll just have, I'll just have one. It'll be knowledge and then focuses will be the yeah. rest of it. So, okay, what about um, focuses? Because um, focuses have been treated a couple of different ways. You know, they used to have ratings. Um, they... In some cases, they can float like Star Trek Adventures or in Octon Cthulhu, they're associated directly with a skill. Um, what do you think? I'm not sure whether to link. I think I'd stick to the focus being like the, if you have a focus, then you get to roll. Instead of one being a critical success, it means you get to have whatever the actual uh, Up to skill the is. Skill. Yeah. Um, right. And I think I'd stick to like the skill ranks being one to five, because that's fine. Because also that's what they have in Fantasy Flight. Your skills rank yep. from one to five. Um, and that, I that mean, characteristics also go from one to five. But what I do is I go, right, well, your base stat is is six or seven. Mm -hmm. And then you add on kind of like your, if you imagine like your additional bonus is one to five. So you would have a starting stat of, you know, seven to 12, something like that. Plus then five for the skill means you go yep. to a 17. That's that, the numbers work for that. And that's only if you really, you know, focus points to, okay, okay, yep. I can work with that. I mean, um, initially there's always room for tweaking, but that makes sense. Yeah, but that makes it nice. You know, I know if I look at a guy who in the, an NPC who has a, I don't know, a cunning of three and a deception of three, which means different things in Fantasy Flight, but I know I can go, right, well, three plus three plus six. Okay, I've got a, a target number of 12 yeah with a with a skill of three but, it's it's nice and easy to do so back to focuses though do focuses nest under skills or do focuses sit outside if the default is for skills to nest under attributes which i think makes sense and i think that guides people for their most common usage that makes it easy especially for people new do focuses also sit under an attribute or rather under a uh, yeah under a skill or do I, they sit and and they can be used anywhere i think probably they sit under a skill but purely for like writing ease that you can write a bunch of focuses as examples under each of the skills and i've already set the skills to be fixed but i guess they don't have to but i can imagine most of the focuses would be I always think it's easier to write a list of focuses and, and put them under the skills, even if you don't want them to be, even if you want them to be floating. And again, I don't see any reason why someone said, well, actually, I've got this focus, but it's for this skill. Can I use it in this situation? Okay. So treat yeah. it like the skills. Yeah. So put the focuses under the, associate them with the skills. But if someone's got a good enough shaggy dog story, they can go ahead and uh, and use it elsewhere. Okay. Um, now, talents obviously sit outside all of those things talents aren't associated with any you just put those to use uh, yep. as you wish um 
how do you, would you, I'm assuming you're going to create a bunch of talents or the assumption is you would create a bunch of talents and have them there instead of doing something like what I've done with Eris and that is create a talent creation system like in John Carter. I mean, Norm that'd be nice, but I think, yeah, it, I think I'd, what I'd probably do is the sort of the halfway house, which is again, to say, well, this is how you can create talents and then here are some talents that I have created for you to cover some of the bases. And I think I'd probably use archetypes and then like give each archetype, like, I don't know, a couple of initial talents that you can start with to just make things quicker. Okay. Um, and I definitely would, I think I'd definitely use archetypes. I mean, I still like the talent trees from going back then, but I think, I think that's the thing. If I was going to be doing, if I was going to be doing uh, a lot of talents and writing them myself, I think I would write talent trees, but I wouldn't do talent trees like they are in Infinity and Conan, where they are linked to skills. I would do talent trees linked to archetypes like they are in Fancy Flight Star Wars. Oh, okay. So, okay. like, if you're and, you know, actually, that would that would give you con designer control over niche protection yes. and promoting the right star wars feel yeah per what you're um, envisioning i i really like that in edge of the and, and all of them because i the thing that was good is that it gave you some kind of like you said needs protection because if you're a pilot here are a bunch of talents you have access to now some talents were in multiple talent trees but also you could switch talent tree you could because you if you were like i know you'd be like a soldier and then a soldier would have three different talent trees depending on what your sub specialization was but you could always go and get from the other ones or you could go into someone else's talent tree completely and start at the top and wait your way down. Now, there's no way I would have talent trees as complicated as they are in in right. like the various Star Wars games because they're all massive. Yeah. Um, but I always thought that was a really cool idea that you start at the top and then if you wanted this talent, you had to buy these sort of precursor talents. Um, you know, making that yourself is quite a lot of work, but then, you know, you don't need as many because some of the talents in in like the edge of empire things were like you know just you you have more wounds or strain or whatever and it's like well, that's not a very exciting talent they were kind of placeholder ones that were in there um but i like those i you know i like the idea of talent trees and it's a good way of going right well you're a pilot here's your pilot talent tree and you can put different stuff on it um but it means that that person's kind of got things it also means it makes it a lot easier for sort of jedi type characters because then you can put various force things either in their own sort of force talent trees or yeah. you know the jedi can have this stuff um and then you can make it harder for like a jedi to be good at everything which yeah. i know technically they often are but you are implying the existence of archetypes or classes yes. or roles no, archetypes or... they're not classes i know i know you, you know it is uh i mean archetypes have been in a good chunk of things um, you know, they called them careers earlier on and and Cthulhu, acting Cthulhu actually has archetypes. Um, you know, I like the I, I I like the idea of archetypes. I like the idea that you can have a set thing and you can easily put rules and it says, well, look, if you want to switch archetype, you you can you jump to a new archetype or well, however it works. But I think it makes it one of the things I don't like about role playing games where you can just buy any skill you want. Sure. Is what you end up with is someone like, you know, a few sessions in, someone starts going, oh, that skill's better than the skill I've got. And then that's more useful. I'm going to start by that. And then you end up, everyone has the same yeah. bunch of skills or the exact same talent. So having talent trees is a way of kind of 
you know, your players will deliberately pick different things and then you can deliberately make sure their talents are different. Because yeah. um, otherwise you end up with this kind of thing, you know, yes, it's nice when players can do different stuff, but you sometimes default into, well, I'm just going to specialize in melee and I'm going to do ranged combat and I'm going to do this other thing. Um, and actually, if you're running a lot of combat, people realize very quickly, oh, well, there's only two things. It's ranged or melee. And that and that's it. So I, I, like, I think it's nicer when you've got different stuff. I, I think that Star Wars lends itself very well to archetypes. And then you can create here, – here'd be my thought about the archetypes is that you would have – obviously, you, you take that template and you pick up some skills and things that are – you know, not unique to that because none of the yeah. skills are unique to one archetype or another, yeah. but you, you immediately get a boost in certain areas that start to push your character mechanically in those direct, in that direction. I also think it would be important on a, to have like a one or two uh, talents or something else mechanical that are, th those things are unique to that archetype only. And then they create yeah. that niche control. And then over time, maybe you have, you know, and plenty of games have done this, and I don't think 2D20 does it per se. But you know how, like, things that are within, things that are on your A-list, like maybe yeah. the archetype uh, skills and archetype focuses could be things that cost you less to increase yeah. through experience and they're more expensive. Everyone else can get at them. Everyone could fly a snub fighter, but it's only the pilot, you know, the, the fighter pilot who's going to do it really, really well because it's just easier to buy up those points. And then maybe there's a talent that's, you know, or you have a choice of a couple of talents um, for that, that archetype. Yeah, I mean, actually, you're absolutely right. I don't, I haven't seen a version of two D twenty where you get a discount on mm -hmm. certain stuff past past character creation, it's like right. all the archetypes of a character creation. And part of that, we've seen games with talent trees, but that that's it. There, there's not, we haven't seen anything with that. So yeah, the idea of having kind of talent trees, other stuff, but also linking the skills into the archetype. And again, that's I'm, I'm kind of making that closer to how the fancy flight games work yeah. because, like we said, actually. Fantasy Flight has a lot of good stuff. Okay, sure. it's split across too many books and we don't like the funny dice, but then it makes sense to go, right, well, actually, let's take the version that is closest to what we like and we'll steal. Yes. Because we'll be inspired by. Inspired by. Okay, so you, you got talents will be used to... Tal I mean, you maybe even have pools of talents, categories of talents that are archetype only. Yeah. You have like a short list of like, you know, if you're the, because what archetype, I mean, obviously, what archetypes have we got? Like, I personally, I liked the template based characters that were in the back of the old D6 version. Yeah. I also think the ones that you find in, and the only fantasy flight books that I ever owned, the rule books I had, uh, I still have uh, the Age of Rebellion and I had, um, Edge of the Empire. I have a digital version of Edge of the Empire. Say, if, you, if you go through all the books, there's probably quite a lot because. I think each of them have either so I think each of them has six. Yep. Um, in fact, they do all have six. Each of the three core books has six different sort of archetypes, but each of those has three sub ones. Yep. And then they released a book for each of those, which gave you more sub ones and then specialized versions. So I mean there's an awful lot, but you know, mostly you're covering the main thing, you know, pilot, bounty hunter, smuggler. Um I can't think of the other ones. Well, some I actually kind of think the, the selection in uh 
the D six core book. Yeah, I think really it was, you know Brash Pilot. There was a there was the smuggler. You had the bounty hunter. You had the mercenary. Um, what was it? Uh, young senatorial, like a you know, which was kind of analogous to like a Princess Leia ish. You know, you came from one of those those families or something. There was a large selection there. I mean, we could go through and pillage those as well as Fantasy Flight to come up with with a representative list. Yeah, I mean, I quite like the idea of kind of doing kind of what Fantasy Flight did to say, right, well, you know, you could have an overarching thing. So right, I'm going to pick soldier or fighter, warrior, yeah. whatever you're going to call it. And then they and put the skills onto that, but then have talent pools that are under sort of sub ones. So then you could go, well, I want mine to be more like this, or I want to be more of a brawler guy, right? Well, here's your sort of brawler fighter um, set of, you know, talents. And then, or well, I want to be more of like a, a ninja I like, like that I mean, guy. all right well here's your set of talents and I think I mean, that, it's a that's huge a... chunk of work to do those talents but yeah I think yeah I know that that would that would take that would take a lot of effort I think actually that's uh it's actually one of the reasons I have created a talent creation system instead of sitting down and creating a bunch of talents myself um and that's actually I... akin to 5e with third level for the um your what do they call them there is it archetypes they're, uh, I think they have different names. I think they might be archetypes because people put them as like subclasses, and they might. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you hit you hit third level, and you can be a champion, or you can be yeah. a, a whatever. Uh, I think part of the reason they don't have a name is that every single class gives them a different name. Yeah, but they're subclass. But, but I I like that though, and I I like yeah, the I, I like the option. Say, okay, I'm a soldier, but that doesn't mean every soldier looks the same um a lot of games do that okay all right so we've got that so far um what else what about things like traits truths that kind of stuff that's um that's pretty uh common yeah i think i, I definitely games. how do we put those thing, to use i like them the one thing that always throws me slightly is the kind of because you have those truths and you know you have those four rules about they either make something easier or possible or harder yeah. or impossible but then as a gm you're the one who has to decide okay well you know i mean if you've got a truth that's you, wings great that's easy you can fly breathe underwater job those kind of things are easy yeah that's easy but then when you've got a thing that says really strong okay well does that just lower all strength well, checks okay. by one i'm i'm not talking about I'm not talking about necessarily things like that, but like, you know, in, in Vampire of the Masquerade, you had your nature, your demeanor, and your concept, okay? In D&D, you have alignment that everybody ignores. Um, you have, uh, and in 5e, you have, what is it, your your background, your person, whatever, you, those those things. Which thing, ignores them. I, yeah. I would like to have truths which, which are more doing something. So, I mean, the easiest one is a racial one. Like, you should have a racial, you should have a racial truth. Yeah, whatever, you your, have, whatever your species is. You're I mean, something like, so ideally when you do character creation, I think that's where you get from. So the first thing you should be picking is sort of like your, your rate, your species. Your species, therefore, would give you some starting stats and your, maybe a skill, maybe some special ability, and it would give you a starting truth. Yeah. And then you could pick like your upbringing. So, you know, you're rich, poor, rebel, okay. um, you know, whatever. And again, that might give you another truth. And it might give you a skill and then you'd pick 
your archetype and we'd make a shorter version because at the end of the day we're not trying to do like you know everything here you know this the, one of the things about doing star wars as opposed to doing another pro uh, your own made up property is this is not going on drive through which yeah. also means it doesn't have to look fancy this has got to be usable not you know i don't have to, that's one of the like the talent trees actually are easier because if you do talent trees in your game it's got to look nice because you're yeah. gonna try and sell that this thing. can look like crap but, and it's okay exactly because it's like someone can pretty it up if they want but or they can just not use it so you know you made me think of this though that I, I like that the you know there's a and there are enough things in terms of character background that you could choose from star like are you from a core world are you from an independent where are you from the yeah. rim are you from, whatever That's so those one, those yeah. kinds of things those background pieces now i'm and i ran into this with 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 my game there's a point where too many and i'm calling them traits not truths but too many is too many it just gets yeah. silly so i think your species is one your your background upbringing like what kind of a what was your background world situation you know um your archetype would be one yeah and maybe one other that you come up with that defines kind of your i don't know your code your drive yeah. and i know you hate drives i don't like drives either but i mean like a, a, a single statement or something i think i have a statement like, for your like a drive statement i think okay. that's that's better than having your flipping things be drives where i have an issue with your archetype providing you with the truth is if it's like excellent pilot because then i worry that someone just says I'm doing a piloting role, so my excellent pilot truth, me or trait, means that I lower the difficulty by one. Whereas really, that should be a talent. There's, you know what so though? I, there's a way around that. Which is what? You just say piss off. No, just kidding. I know. Um, no, there's <laughs> a way. Whap! You just, you know, you have a. What you do is you have a foam rubber cricket bat that you spat and you just like reach across your screen and no, actually, there, there's an answer. And 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 as I shamelessly hawk my own game, um. The answer is that your archetype provides a trait that would be used in one of those four ways for things that you're you don't have an explicit role for. Okay. I, as in, like an example I gave in my game is okay, if you're a, a warrior and you say, I'm gonna build a defensive position, there's no skill for to build defensive positions. But since you're a soldier, you might have more experience with those kinds of things. So that would be a situation where a GM would say, okay, the difficulty for you to build some trenches and a breastwork that like seems like it's you know sturdy enough to withstand arrows, you're going to get a negative a minus one difficulty because of your background as a soldier or as a warrior so good, it would yeah, be I in like adjudicating that. those fuzzy gray things not for explicit tests yeah that and that's good i think so essentially yeah so if yeah if something if a skill exists for something you're not getting a discount right. on it but if a skill doesn't Unless then you're you kind really, of going really well i have your gm right let's let's go with this is the skill for anybody else it's this difficulty but because you're the warrior and you should be have a better idea right. how to do this yours is one low yeah i like that that's that's good yeah, that's it that's kind of you need to spell it out that's one of the things I, I like the fact that they added in the truths and traits system i don't like the fact that i don't think it's well explained and yeah. i think at the moment it's open to massive player abuse well I, th I think that there are a lot of things in 2d20 and i mean across the, all the systems there are a lot of things that need to be determined at a given table like a gm needs to look at it and say okay with my players this is what this is going to look like anyway so we've got um we have attributes we have skills we have focuses we have talents we have archetypes we've dealt with uh you want to call them truths what about either like fortune or determination 
I think it should be neither. Oh. You'll have it, but I think that, and momentum and threat. You well, we have to have going. some kind of Star Wars-y. There has to be something okay. Star Wars-y. Um, you could just, because this is just for self-usage, you could just call it light side, dark side points. You could, uh, you could give yeah, the players force points. I, I think, yeah, if you're going to do... The awkward thing you've got is it always feels like momentum is closer to threat, but it does make more sense to call. I feel like you're f actually a lot of that. You could, you could have, I, I feel like momentum should still be momentum, but you could call, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, see, right. I would be it, cheesy and I would just call it the force and then the dark side. So I have my yeah, dark side so points and that. you have your yeah. force points. And then what would be, and then you could call the other one fortune matter um i don't know i think i'd still think the momentum is just momentum because that's okay. what it is but then i would call the the fancy stuff the force okay so like even if someone even you know because the argument always goes that right, even when han solo wasn't tapping into the force but was he but was he right he didn't and so okay. he calls okay. it luck so fortune is called really the thing. force yeah cool and, and if you want to use that for e and actually there's a really easy way to lend you in the dark side if you spend your force points to do something bad you create dark side points yeah okay Ooh, donut a donut huh okay i have a donut uh it's what else so let's talk about without defining them so much let's talk about some of the must-have systems that we talked about last week and i think the two big ones are the force and starship combat um those I are the two big ones you just have to have because of the way we've already gone, I would have the force be a bunch of talents underneath my, the talent trees. I already want to have talents that's, you know, you start off as your smuggler and here's, here's your initial talents you can have. And if you buy them, you get the other. Um, and so I would do the same with the force. You know, you have either you have different, the thing you'd have to decide is whether you have different force classes, archetypes, or have different force powers, but I would have force talent trees. And so at like a, an initial thing, like, well, you know, you can do, you know, like call it whether you just want to call it tele telekinesis or you're going to have like force push and force pull, which is what you'd have in a computer game. Yeah. You know, the, the telekinesis or you just call it movement, like is probably what it's called in the the D6 one. Um, you know, your initial thing would be, you know, a level one talent, but you can move something. You can pull a small object and then you'd be able to move people. And that way you can stack it, make it really easy. If you want a player who's like, I want to be able to throw people around. Oh, you can, but you're going to burn all of your XP on this talent tree, getting down to the, yeah, you can, you know, grab a Star Destroyer like a, doing one of the computer games. Um, and, but you're not going to be able to, you're, you know, your fight is going to be rubbish. You're not doing anything else. You're not doing force jumping. You're not doing all the speed stuff. You spent all of your points being like super telekinesis like guy. I like the idea of treating it as talents, and I like the idea of trees. I mean, if you're not familiar with D6 Star Wars, there were three force powers. There was control, sense, and alter. Uh, and then there were you, you just had points in those, and there were different things. There were different powers under each of those, but you had a score in each of those. They were, all, they were treated actually like different skills. But you could do talents and break out the different major categories of force activity and then build out, out – what about the and we don't have to get into this deeply but what a, what's your sense of the mechanics of it because I, and i'm you know if you look at say clone wars you know you've got ahsoka and and uh what's his face anakin and they're like hopping over buildings and they're like just doing gonzo stuff and then you know in a new hope jedi era that you know you, you, 
obviously there are far fewer force users. Um, and so you don't have as much significant power being wielded. How would you address that mechanically? I think I would just write them as talents where the talents very, you know, like D and D style, very clearly dictate what you can and can't do. Um, you know, so if you have the, actually, that's the thing. Like, I, which, let's say you have the jumping things. You have a talent, you know, uh, the, yeah. the initial, you might have three levels of that. And like the first level of the thing lets you jump, you know, twice and high and twice as far as a normal yeah. person. And then it goes up to, you know, it goes up in increments. Um, and I think I would just treat it like that. Okay. It takes more time and effort to write it out, but at least it would spell out to the players yeah. very clearly this is what you can and can't do with this ability. You know, um, you could do also, you could also peg, you could have a, a starting ceiling based on era. Yeah. You could just say, like, or maybe have you, and, and I, I'm seeing this being very left-handed and visual here, maybe you color code, like as you move through the talent trees, you have certain, you know, as they become more potent or some of the, you know, you could have things that, Hey, if you're playing in the Clone Wars era and it's Jedi stuff, you can reach into these parts of the tree. If you're playing in a new hope, unless you've got a really great reason, you can't. Or you can't you um, definitely can't start there. I mean, I guess there'd be yeah, ways I, to tweak I think that though. I think your initial thing was spot on that you would just kind of go, right, well, you get you have you start at a higher power level. So that'd be a case of going, yeah. right, well, if you're in if you're playing New Hope style or just after you you you're a starting character so you if you bother you know if you have a starting talent you might have a basic sense or a basic control thing and then that's about it now over time you are going to be able to level this up with right. xp and at the same time you're leveling that up all the other players are leveling up their skills and talents and if you're putting points into your xp into your force talents you're not putting points into your other skills yeah now if you're playing in clone wars time period you say to everyone right you all start with 150 xp now that means you can have a load of really cool force abilities, but then all of the non-force users, they're all kick ass as well. Now, does that make any sense? Well, from a balance point of view, yes, it does. And it even makes sense from a story point of view. Why are why would a bunch of Jedi who are very capable in the Clone Wars era, why are they hang, hanging around with a bunch of uncapable other people? It would make yeah. sense that they're hanging around with other people who are also capable. Um, you know, kick ass pilots a... and so on. There's another way to look at it too. Is like the you know I, I mentioned a ceiling. You could think of both. Every era would have a floor and a ceiling, yeah. And that would be different. And because I, I I've always and you you and I have talked about this how the force breaks all it, it, the force ruins everything in Star Wars, in terms of mechanics because, yeah. uh, you know, a starting Jedi is going to be way more powerful than any other starting anybody else who's like roughly at the same age or status point in life. But you could adjust the forgetting about everything else, every other archetype, you could adjust the Jedi by by era and just say, you know, during the rebellion era, the floor is way down here and the ceiling is only here. Whereas during the Clone Wars, the floor is here and the ceiling is like up there. Yeah. In terms of where you are and, and you know, balance with other characters, that's another issue, but at least that's one way to deal with the yeah. Jedi. I think I would just deal with the XP thing, though. I think is if you've if you've got talent trees and you're going to have to spend XP to get further down the talent trees, um, that's an easy way of dealing with it. You just right, okay, we're in a period where the force users are really strong. 
you get a ton more XP. You can just buy more stuff. But you're right. There's definitely abilities. You can kind of go, all right, well, you you just can't have this unless yeah. you're back then or or here. Um, yeah, you could you could definitely you could make it harder. Actually, you could do both. You could do all of it. You could have a different starting point. All of it. You could, you could have a different starting point based on era, and then you have different price points based on era, yeah, and then you nice. also have a hard ceiling for certain yeah. eras. Like it's going mean, to cost you more. Like during the rebellion, as a, if you're you know if you decide to run a game and you're going to be you're going to allow someone to be like a fledgling force user, like a Luke Skywalker type your ceiling is going to be much lower and your progression is going to be slower than in a previous yeah. era. Okay. I mean, you've always got this funny thing of how many Jedi are running around anyway, sure. because clearly, you know, back in the Clone Wars, no one knows, there were hundreds, hundreds, maybe thousands of Jedi. There's tons of them. They're all over the place. Yeah. Now, when the original series came out, the whole point was is that there was, I guess, you know, two. There's Obi-Wan and there's Yoda. And by Return of the Jedi, there's just Luke, unless you're counting yep. Leia, which I'm not. But then you start, like, with all of the other stuff they're putting out at the moment, well, Ahsoka's running around. Yep. Ezra's running around. Depending on which time period, you when you pick, Kanan's running around. Yeah. I think the guy that's in the computer games, which just come out again, I'm pretty sure he's canon, so he's running around. He's got a, like, a, a night sister girlfriend. He's got a men... There's like 20 or, and then like, and then on top yeah. of that, you have all these players. I think the idea after going, it's a really big galaxy and yeah. a lot of people are just playing it low. Um, I mean, the one reason you don't necessarily have to worry about limiting the base, the minute you start having a player who starts throwing around force abilities left, right, and center, the inquisitors are coming. Now, back yeah. in the day, that wasn't the case. When like, when some of these books and things were written, the inquisition didn't exist. Um, uh, Actually, it might have come from the books, but you know there was there was Darth Vader would come and get you, and they'd send yeah, some yeah. stormtroopers. Nowadays, you go all oh, the Inquisition will come. People weren't scared of you know, the stormtroopers going to come and get. They're like the cannon fodder. They're like droids yeah, that you're but allowed. Someone to. worse. But if the Inquisitors are coming, I mean, you know, them creating the Inquis Inquisition was a good idea. It gives you, you a, could, a bogeyman that isn't dark. You could complicate. You could add a mechanical dimension that would very fit that would fit very well with the story if you're playing in the rebellion era or you're even playing in the um the post-rebellion era new republic where there's still obviously there's there is imperial space or there are places where the imperials or whatever they call themselves this week still have reach when you use force powers maybe above a certain talent level that gets maybe the 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 gm starts to gain points or something like like you know like yeah. um, like in Mage well, the Awakening when you, <laughs> the yeah, you cast spells and it caused paradox and all of a sudden you you create headaches for yourself and everyone around you well that might be a way of writing into the talent thing like you said with your color coded you could have a color coded thing that basically says like if you use this talent of this ability if you use it in Clone Wars no one cares but if you use this in like Rebellion era then the GM gets a threat point, or yes. sorry, a dark side point, because you know the chances are now the Inquisition are going to hear and they're going to come and uh, they're going to come and get you. Okay, and you're going to have to run away. What about starship combat? Small uh, starship uh, combat is what we're talking about. Now, yeah, there the thing, is I can't, a, there I can't is just a, steal from Star Trek, can I? Because okay, you could actually. I think you could more easily steal from Homeworld. We found a use for it. Why? We could more easily steal from Homeworld uh, 
is you reach back into Biggs Darklighter's right eye. That was great. I can't I can't open it. It's never been it's never been open. The spine hasn't. Of course, it's been never cracked. been open. Um, but I mean, you, you because their their starship combat rules are more for um, small I ships. I can't read it though. Oh, you got any glasses on? No. <laughs> I've anyway. got the glasses on. I won't be able to see you. Um. So that. So if you wanted to run, thank you. Uh, the the like f- combat with freighters. You know, like you're. The ever-present, what is it, YT-1000? Is that like... Yeah. Yeah. You know... I know, it's 13. You were so close. I was so close. The 1000's out there somewhere. Anyway. It's 1300. You were super close. Yeah, there you go, 1300. Uh, Yeah, you could could just use... You could use those rules, and then if you needed to tweak them at all for individual fighter piloting, you could do that too. Although I think... I haven't looked at that in a long time, but I think that's in there. Uh, no, we still seem to have commanding officer and helm. There's got to be stuff in it for just just little ships. It's still got all of the same stuff by the looks of it of of Star Trek. This is this is really good podcast here. Me me reading a book. That's okay. I'll edit it out. No one will ever know. Um, yeah, it's got fighters in here, but then it doesn't have. It doesn't seem to have the. I guess the thing is, then you've just got helms. You don't have. <laughs> the separate people do you because you're you're the helmsman essentially because you're the yeah. pilot yeah maybe <laughs> i think okay here here's what i think. it's a better starting point than star trek it, yes yeah it is a, you're right homeworld's a better starting point than star trek because its focus is on smaller ships for characters however i think that looking back at um the d6 star wars for some inspiration i actually remember us playing that and it just worked, as you're fond of saying. It just worked. Uh, it was really easy. And I remember trying to, or thinking that I'd be able to do the same thing with Fantasy Flight's rules. And Fantasy Flight's rules, I found very cumbersome and counterintuitive and hard to work through at the yeah. table without flipping through the book. Like, I remember the first time we did Starship Fighter Combat in, in using edge of the empire and then like afterwards one of my players like we, we went back and read he's like man we were doing that all wrong and we had to read and reread and it just never it just never worked i think so they I, were trying to it's one of those things where they were, they were adamant they didn't want to do any kind of like uh you did they didn't want any figures on a board right. so then you have all these sort of distances and range bands and which kind of works in in 2d20 but yep. 2d20 doesn't have range band 2d20 has zones yep so it's like well just draw a space zone map and stick mm-hmm. the things on the space zone map and move them around the space yep. zone map um i'd be tempted to look at june because actually the if you treated obviously not dual rules but um isn't there like a mid-scale version of June? Like, it can you just do like the skirmish rules from June, but like each instead of people, they're they're ships. I mean, yeah, but the problem is with that is it it doesn't they don't use challenge it doesn't use challenge dice, and the yeah. whole weirdness of like using and moving an asset. Uh, I think you'd end up beating your head against a wall trying to uh, trying to convert it. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it it is. You need to write a subsystem for it. You need to look at how it's going to work, and it's not the easiest thing. I um, think the key, though, is that zones work. We know zones work, period. So let's keep zones. Uh, if you need to arrange things on a table a little bit, that can that's okay. 
but use zones and um and it has I to be go ahead i'd probably try and make it not that difficult like right you're going to have yeah. zones and you're going to have things in the zones and then just you know if you're attacking someone in your zone that's going to be easier and then if you want to use an action to like i'm going to try and get behind another thing and then that's going to make your your shooting easier so something like that maybe you know every turn you have you have two well actually you get that anyway don't you yep. so if you think movement you movement you have you have movement you have a move action and then you have another action i think i'd stick to that right you have a move action and with your move you can either try and just be defensive or try and move to another zone or you can yep. try and get behind someone um and that's what you do and then you you make your attack rolls and, and actually try and make it simpler because you know do we have to have it if there's sort of like a whole bunch of people and they're all zipping around shooting at each other yeah, well let's just make it simple yeah. um let's not worry too much um because you know what why bother i'll think about that because i i think that you you're right if you assume that someone's flying an x-wing and obviously they're they're not going to be like well you can either fly it or shoot yeah like that's not how the fighter is built you know i think I, I think that's yeah I think so I split could, it into sort of movement actions and action actions, but yeah. really your action action is either is sort of like shoot, yeah. and your movement action then is kind of like offensive, defensive, or or evasive, or like go to another zone. But yeah, something like trying you know try and keep it relatively simple and not worry too much about like you know relative ranges or all this kind of have have a zone map, have the ships in different zones um and they're just you know they're attacking each you other does it matter they're coming head a, to head or whatever what would be I, I think what would make sense in that case is because you're not you're, you're dealing with zones and what what's really important is the the relative relationship between the combatants like oh this one is i i this so i'm in an x-wing and there's a tie fighter that tie fighter is in my sights I think what would be useful, and I want to think about this, is how would you come up with an abstract way of representing that on a table with like little printed minis? I don't mean like plastic ones. I just mean like crappy little pieces of paper. I, just to I say like, okay, I, my all these, let's say all these fighters are in one zone. They're in one zone together. These ones are in the next zone over. And this fighter and this fighter are in this relationship like this one is tailing the other one okay without getting too detailed just so that you look at it and then as you move you're like okay i'm going to use my minor action to do whatever i have an option to do but yeah i think i probably it, do it as if certainly if you do it in an action order then you can have like a right well so i'm attacking i would just put the model behind the other if one model's behind the other model the when it shoots it has a bonus and the model in front can't shoot at that point. But then when it gets to the other model's turn, the model that's in front now has a choice to like, well, it could, it, essentially you could go, I'm just gonna try and break disengage. So you do a, a you do a contested roll. If you succeed, right, you separate the models. So now they're just sort of in floaty space. Okay. Um, or you can go for a more difficult, I'm gonna try and get behind the guy that's behind me. Um, or I'm gonna go for a head on with the guy behind and just yeah. treat it like that, right? This is this guy's go. So this guy's going to do something um and you know to deal, deal with it like that and obviously you've got well if someone's behind you that changes what you can do because you can't just yeah. do whatever well and um, also and deal with it with contested roles and yeah. then attacks what could be what would be interesting with that actually i think you would open some possibilities for some neat tactical decisions because you would have for example like an x-wing only has forward firing yeah 
Whereas a Y-Wing, remind me, has a turret. It does, yeah. So, so there you could a, be... Yeah. I and I don't think you'd want to complicate things as to like, oh, am I above or below? Because the, the fighter can no, just turn over. I would stick to 2D. But but you by by adding firing arcs, you make different ships interesting yeah. because they can do different things. And I think you're right. You could either you could have a role like maybe a standard action is to um, to get in. You'd have to you wouldn't be firing, but you would get into your opponent's blind spot, and then the next yeah. turn you would have an advantage to hit them. Um, and they would have a disadvantage to hit you unless they had a, a rear-firing weapon. Yeah, I think that's doable. I think the, the question would be to come up with a stock list of maneuvers and relationships between combatants, between ships, and then just offer those as options and figure, like, this is more of a standard action, this is more of a minor action. Because, like, I wouldn't want to have get in your blind spot be a minor action. I think I'd put the just you know. getting the move to get behind someone and the shooting in the same thing for some reason. Otherwise, you get behind someone, but you now can't shoot because that was your action. But then when it comes to the yeah. other guys go, they get out of it. They yeah. then get out of it and you never get to shoot. So I'd probably, you know, I know that's not realistic, but it would make it easy to go, right, you go behind and you now get to shoot. All they're rolling is a dodge. Or, and then on their go, they can do more dodgy stuff or they can try and get behind you or, you know, whatever. Yeah. You could also do it as a as a momentum spend. It becomes an opposed test to like yeah. for like advantageous positioning. So that's an option for a standard action. And then if you achieve, if you're successful in achieving advantageous positioning, you can dump extra momentum to to fire as well. Yeah, that's an option. Yeah, there's quite a few different ways you can go. That's, I feel like starship combat isn't that hard, and yet everyone's always seems to complicate it. Well, I think that there's a the, what's hard is that like like personal combat but harder it, it, people want a sense of where things are and yeah. because there's so much i think we watch movies and you know, like if you read history books about like uh you know fighter combat the movement is dramatic dynamic and fast and so the the call it the playing field changes like that and i yeah. think that we want a sense of that for the sense of the story and the action but we also want to have a sense of like well where are things um and so unfortunately you know when, when we try to write rules we we tend to it's always easier to write more fiddly rules than to figure out ways to write graceful rules that that sit in the background and don't take over I think the reason a lot of games struggle is they don't want to say well you need to use miniatures or you need to use stuff yeah. But the reality is, yeah, you really want to be able to have something some on things, a piece yeah. of paper, particularly because the important things is, are you behind someone or are you head on or that that position in matters? Yeah, it doesn't, you know, and actually, I think it just generally matters in things. I think one of the things is it does, but it doesn't, it can just be things scrawled on a piece of paper yeah. and dice. It doesn't have to be, or well, dice doesn't work as well with ships. You want something with a face. In. Yeah. Um, but, you know, luckily I have X-Wing miniatures, so it's not a problem. There you go. Stuff's available. Uh, what else? What else here in this episode? And I think what we should do is you and I should sit down and work on this. And it doesn't have to look good. It just, it just has to be clear. Um, but uh, what else? We've got we've got character creation. We've we've addressed the force, which is tied to character creation and era selection. We've got some ideas, at least for the for the get go, or for the starting with um, Starship Combat. What else is essential at this point i think the only thing that we mentioned uh last 
week that we haven't mentioned about is droids. But droids would just be a race. So yeah. there, problem solved. Droids you know, and droids, and then you've got, like, looking at Fallout in the core book with all the weapons modification rules. Yeah. You just take that and, and apply that either specifically or in, a, in, like, an inspirational general sense. You could apply that to droids. And, um, yeah, you could you have that, count that as a species. I think that makes sense because then it would be playable. You could play one of those little uh, little little skateboard shoebox droids that always like scoots around in, in imperial things. You just want to be that, um, and then you could have <laughs> all kinds of different. Have you, have you seen the last episode of Mandalorian? Yes, we'll talk about that in a second. You see that thing with the Finally mouse droids? It, yeah, it was hilarious. I love uh, that bit. So good. Um, I'm not going to talk about it at all here because there could be people who haven't seen it. So we don't want to ruin people's Star Wars viewing pleasure. But okay, yeah, droids are droids talks. are a species. <laughs> And we we apply um, all kinds of modification stuff from maybe Fallout to uh, to customize ones. Uh, you can have your own droid factory. Yep. All right. So we're going to work on that, you and I individually, and then we'll put this back together, and we'll come back in a future episode, and we'll present our findings. You had about six months. Maybe. You never know. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much. <laughs>